What's up, Warriors? I'm Kaylee. And I'm Betsy. And this is the Not Your Mama Pod. What's up, guys? Not Your Mama Pod back here, and we are super excited, aren't we, B? We are excited. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> I'm happy, too. I am so excited to see your face, but I'm also getting to look at an amazing friend's face I was actually talking today. to that friend. I wasn't Shut talking. Up. You love me. <laughs> oh, me. What's the rule be? No hanging out if Kaylee's not there. Okay. That's true. <laughs> no, we are honored today to have a really close friend at this point. Um, a very big voice in our community that helps so many women out there. So I will let Lana give you a little rundown of who she is and why she's such a powerful queen. But we are so grateful you're here today. Oh, I love being here with two of you. I feel like you are some of my first friends. When I started telling my story, we met, I want to say it was like at a Zoom happy hour or something like that. And I just, um, I feel really grateful that people like us continue to create spaces for others because it just is like a testament to how this community continues to grow. So first of all, I wanted to say that and thank you for having me. So I'll tell you a little bit about me. Yeah, I live in Chicago. My name is Lana Manikowski. A lot of people can't say my last name because it's really long. Or we just don't try. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I went through seven years off and on of trying to become a mom. I was diagnosed at 37 with unexplained infertility. Mm-hmm. And frankly, like... That. I know I'm like, I came out of the doctor's appointment. And I was like, okay, like, what does that mean? Cause I work my full-time job in the medical field and I'm kind of like, wait, how is somebody unexplained? So right yeah. off the, right off the bat there, I sort of felt like I had this anomaly of a, of a condition that no yeah. one could really tell me what it was or why it was there and what I could do about it. So yeah, that was at age 37. I finally decided it was like time to start a family. I wasn't really somebody who came out of the gates of college or high school thinking about becoming a mom right away. I've always thought it was something I'd want to do, but it wasn't top on my priority. I got married at 35 and just kind of lived this really fun life. And then when I got this diagnosis and started fertility treatments, I felt like I changed so much as a person because I didn't recognize myself. I was functioning at this really low level. I was used to being able to like go and get my goals and achieve them. And yeah, so that was where my journey started and ended seven years later with not being a mom. And yeah, so that's, that's kind of a a little snapshot into me. (laughs) I have to jump in. I love when I'm connecting with people in this part of their life. And they can say childless or child-free or not being a mom with such confidence and grace and power because they have found that ownership of their life and their happiness. So it's just like a cup of refreshing tea to be like, yes, we do deserve happy because for so long, I just, I didn't know that was possible. Right. Yeah. Totally. And, and not even to like take from your story at all or anything, but I told someone the, you saying um, you like didn't recognize yourself or like whatever. I told someone that the other day that I never had like that extreme mothering desire. Like it wasn't like what I grew up and I was like, oh, I have to be a mom. I knew. Um, but once it was in my head, it was like, that was my goal. That was all I wanted in life. That was my 
end all, like be all, whatever. I needed that in my yeah. life. So yeah, you just say like, you don't recognize yourself. Like that was very, very much where I was at in my infertility journey as well. Yeah. And I think being somebody who had goals and always was used to figuring out what they wanted to do and then you know, creating the plan for it to not feel like you had any control. But also I think that seven years, although it wasn't like back-to-back treatments, there was a couple years of off and on and mm-hmm. deciding, am I going to do another round? I also felt like my life was in a vacuum mm-hmm. and I didn't plan anything. I didn't say yes to a lot of like girls trips and family trips and things that probably would have brought me a lot of joy at that time, yeah. because I just didn't know where I was going to be in my journey. Yeah. Cause I you're like, wrong. what if I'm pregnant by then? Like yeah. all these silly what ifs. Yes. The vacuum mentality really hits home. B and I both posted this week. We don't have pictures for like an entire year, the nitty gritty infertility hard part. Right. And it's just like, I don't think I was even focusing on enjoying life enough to even think about documenting life. I was just doing the thing because I waited. I I did want motherhood. I very young knew I wanted to be a mom, but I was going to do everything quote unquote, right. So the degree, the career, the boss, babe, the being the boss, the buying the house, getting married, doing all the things you're supposed to do, because that is going to be when I decide I'm ready. And so then your when ideal I didn't roadmap or whatever. Yeah, it was just like, whenever yeah. I get off of birth control, <laughs> it's obviously going to happen because I did everything right. And then it didn't. And then I was like, okay, well I can make it happen. Cause I'm a boss, you know, and still going to make it happen. I was like, oh damn. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This, and I think too, the, like the picture thing, I think I also created such a poor relationship with my body. Yeah. Not oh, only was sure. I, you know, gaining weight through all the medications and feeling unrecognizable to myself because I didn't yeah. look the way that I was used to looking, but also just feeling so disappointed in my body that yeah. I think that was probably a lot of it too. Cause I, I see the same when I look through my camera roll, there was just very few things that where I looked happy and I was like enjoying life or doing anything yeah. fun. Yeah. It was just all encompassing. I agree. I, yeah, I, I hated my body because of the, like how much weight I gained and I just hated my body for not being able to do what it was supposed to do. Like, yes, I think there's so many reasons that I don't have pictures from that chunk of my life. But like looking back, I'm like, what did I do? What did I do for that year and nah. half that I don't have any memory or like survived? Any... <clears throat> survived. Yeah, I I survived. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I found life coaching through my weight gain, actually. So that was like kind of one of my silver linings, I think, of my fertility journey. I had joined Weight Watchers probably, I don't know, four or five times and I'd get to my goal weight, do all the things you need to do again, high achieving goal driven person. I'd get to my goal weight and then I'd be like, oh, I could eat the Doritos again and do all this stuff. So I was like on this yo-yo of weight losing, gaining, losing, gaining. And then I came across, I started listening to this woman's podcast. Her name's Corinne Crabtree. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Corinne. She's real foul mouth Southern woman. And she spoke to me and I started listening to her podcast and she was really the person. I didn't know she was a life coach at the time. I just thought she would help me lose my weight because it seemed pretty rational about eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. And I started listening to her and then I joined her membership and then come to find out she was a life coach. And she was really the first person that gave me this hope just listening to her that I could actually create a new story about who I could be if I was going to be a woman without children. I love that. And I think that's the magic 
it's empowering to have somebody see you when you can't even see the chaos like outside of it. Yeah. And I think there's so much of our story that we've been conditioned to believe is pitiful or makes other people uncomfortable. Yeah. And so we don't even tell it because we're like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if she, you know, how she's going to react. And then mm-hmm. we just keep all this stuff like bottled yeah. up. And yeah. even like you run into somebody that you hadn't seen and be like, oh, did you ever end up having kids? And you're like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to tell her? Cause I know she's going to feel sorry for me. And uh, so, yeah, right. And we're all so sick of the pity. Like, yeah, like we don't want it. I mean, I, I appreciate people's genuine reaction like oh I know how much you wanted this you know part of your life and but it's like when they feel so bad or like when you know they are like oh did you think of this did you try this and you're like yes I know all of the options <laughs> like thank you yeah, <laughs> but I think I just uh, think that's so frustrating like I if you want to give someone your pity, absolutely go ahead. Mm-hmm. But like, give it to me, recognize that I'm okay and move on is mm-hmm. is how I feel about Let it. Let me own the conversation about it. Let me just yeah. handle this and just go along. Yeah. But- and I think too, some people, they couldn't imagine their life ever being as great as mine is. Yeah. And I don't say that from a, a sense of comparison. Like no. I- I wasn't able to have kids and I decided I wasn't going to feel pity for myself. So when they feel sorry for me, it's because they probably can't ever imagine their life being as great as mine turned out being. Yeah. We know this world just has a hard time with different, especially if different looks happy or if it looks, you know, maybe a little glossier, maybe part of the dream that you're giving up to live this different type of happiness. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, and I want to say like, I don't know that I would have believed that this level of happiness was possible either, like in the throes of infertility or, you know, when in my early twenties or whatever, I'd be like, oh no, that's just what you do. You have kids, like you, you live your life, but then no, like you can live a really cool life, (laughs) even if you don't get whatever you wanted in your life. For sure. So tell us what is like the first or the best standout moment where you we're getting a cup of Joe, having an experience. And you kind of realize this, this is happy. This is child-free. This is where I'm okay being. Do you have a couple of moments or thoughts that kind of led you to your life now? You know, I feel like I recognize them so much more now that I've slowed down my mind yeah. a little bit. And so something that stands out to me, I'm not a skier, but every year over president's weekend, my sister and her husband and their kids and my husband and I go on a ski trip. Ugh. And I remember it was this year it was in Tahoe and I remember waking up and walking to a coffee shop and it was like this fresh snow and it was just like so beautiful. It was like literally like out of a movie. And I just sat there with my coffee and I just thought to myself, like my life is really freaking good. Yeah. And I can't even tell you that it was like something that I witnessed, it was just more so this energy of just being so relaxed and being so enveloped in nature. And I think that's another thing, like slowing myself down. Like I become more appreciative of nature and just the sense of calmness that I feel like I have a lot more of that. I I don't know if it was not just like, I wasn't aware of it or aware of it being available to me, but it's really like allowed me to slow my roll. 
and not having kids has allowed me to just take in these moments of just being peaceful. I think there's so much to that, like so much to actually like literally stopping and smelling the roses Mm -hmm. and like taking in these small moments of joy in, in your life. Because if you think about like the actual moments that like just make you feel good in your day, I think people in general would just be a lot happier. Like, you know, I sit there and drink my morning coffee or whatever. And I'm like, this is, this is the best, you know, this is the best thing or like have a dance silly dance party or something and I'm like oh I love this life so much it's just if you if people more people would take that time and like really slow down and like really think about how beautiful your life actually is I think that we would all just be a lot happier yeah I think also too I was very much of the mindset that this mindfulness stuff was sort of gibberish and I I was more so raised I don't know if it was just like being raised in an immigrant family or, you know, watching my parents work really hard to achieve what, what they achieved in their life. But I was always taught, like, you just work harder, you work longer, you show, you know, you be Mm -hmm. the most resilient one in the room and you just break through those walls. And then eventually your dreams will happen. And I see myself kind of looking at how easy it is for me to feel so peaceful now. Mm -hmm. And think like, God, I was so judgmental of like people that had this lifestyle that was like mindful. And I always thought it was kind of like kooky and they were just sort of weakling type people. And I'm like, how did I miss out on this for so long? (laughs) I was a million percent. If you're not productive, you're lazy. Million percent mindset. So, you know, every waking moment I was doing something, I was cleaning something. If I sat down to watch a movie, I'd fall asleep because I, I couldn't shut down until I was, you know, already done with everything. And Sunday I was like, Hey, you know what I'm going to do all day is sit on that balcony and I'm going to read a book and I'm going to make sure my body feels as best as it's going to feel. And that's all I'm going to do. And if I feel like I'm going to go inside and take a nap, I'm going to go inside and take a nap. Like it's okay to have those days. If it it aligns with your soul, you know what I mean? If it's giving you more purpose, that sun on my skin was like a hug that I didn't know I needed, but it was just like, okay, my soul's happy. I'm better out here. I also think like, especially in those moments, it's okay to acknowledge that your life is more peaceful because you may, because you don't have kids. Like that was really important for me this weekend. And I'm still like a little junkie, a little sick, whatever. Um, That like was very apparent to me that I could do whatever I want. I could take care of my body. However I needed to, I could take four naps this weekend if I needed to and I didn't have anyone else relying on me and like that was really just like a tremendously grateful like moment for me like this life is not something that I expected it to be at all but totally being able to like pinpoint those moments in time where you're just like oh this is thank I'm really thankful for it did you ever find yourself in this area where you felt like the good moments were a consolation prize? Oh, that's a good question. But no, I have actually never felt like that. Like, I think I just decided that my life was going to be good. Yeah. And it was going to be as good as I could possibly make it. So I I don't think I ever thought of it as like a trade-off or like a consolation prize or anything like that. I just think that I was like, I'm not going to let this destroy me. And I didn't do that so gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I say that, that I got there. Like, 
it obviously is a long process and a long, long journey. It's not just like one day I was like, I, you know, this is going to be how it is. This is why you're like the best friend for me. No, I, I wouldn't say a consolation prize, but it was a justification. It was a line in the sand. It was an explanation point. This is why my life is great, which is probably why when I started finding happiness in childlessness and kid-free was traveling was last minute backpacking trips was doing all these like crazy things that I could go do I started my dream of having a sleeve I went and got tattoos finally after because I you know throw away the corporate guidelines and so I really invested in myself in really big ways but those were really big exclamation points I get this I deserve this my life is gonna be great it wasn't like organically what does my soul need I got there later (laughs) Now, yeah. what about you, Lana? Did you feel like it was a consolation prize? There were times I remember like things being so good and my husband and I going on these great vacations and being like, this is awesome, but it would be so much better if I were a mom. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, you know, I, I can think back, this is probably like in the throes of that seven year, like not knowing where I was. It wasn't necessarily at the end of it. I feel like I start, I, I just so desired to feel better because for like the seven year vacuum, there were times where it was just like such ups and downs and everything, no matter how good things were on paper, if you will, I just always felt like it, nothing was going to be as good as being a mom. Yeah. Yeah. Which I can understand that too. Absolutely. Cause I, I say that like now coming from my perspective now, but like I also don't have like a ton of memories from when I was actually like in the thick of my infertility journey. So who even knows where it was at that point? Yeah. I relate to that too. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us how you kind of transitioned into finding your happiness. And now you help so many others between coaching and your podcast. Like what drove you to make that more of a service? You're just such a light, Lana. I just want to say that for real. Like, like you are blows. Thank you. That's that's nice to hear. And I love that you say glow because when I first started transforming my life through coaching, people would come up to me and be like, You're glowing. And the word glow, I always associated with like the pregnancy glow. Yeah. And it wasn't until probably a year later, it sort of pieced it together. And I was like, you don't have to be pregnant to glow. So I love that. I love that. So the fact that you ladies like said it here today, I'm like, see, this is proof. Everybody listen, you don't need to have the pregnancy glow. You can glow in other ways. And you do. Thanks. Um, So to tell you a little bit, sort of the transition I took, it was during the pandemic, to be honest with you, where I finally slowed my life down. I was so work obsessed. And that was really what gave me my purpose and gave Mm -hmm. me my validation. And I was making great money. And so I felt like I was someone in the world because of my paycheck and all these Mm -hmm. things that I see were like external validation and also like busying my time. And so that's when I started working on my weight loss and understanding that I could create a new story about myself. And I just was so motivated to create that for other women. Cause there was nobody out there that I heard talking about loving your life. If you couldn't become a mom yeah, and right. maybe I was at a time before Instagram was as popular as it is now. I do feel like there's a lot more support. And when I was in my 
uh, coaching practicum. It was like a year long program. I had to get a specific amount of hours and I was coaching somebody for my hours and she knew my story and she had her own podcast on real estate, like something totally Mm -hmm. different. And she said, you know, you really need to start a podcast. You need to tell your story. People need to hear your story because you could change so many lives. And I was like, podcast, like shit. I don't even know like what that even entails. I don't know (laughs) anything, but I remember it was Labor Day weekend back in 2021. And I said, okay, it was like the Friday of Labor Day weekend. And I said, okay, I'm going to make a commitment to myself again, me goal driven. Um, by Monday, I'm going to have recorded my first episode and figure out all that type of stuff. And that's when episode one came out. That's so awesome. Amazing. I love that. That's beautiful. I love it. Cause in that episode you said, well, I told myself I'm going to get here and I'm going to record it. So here I am. And I was like, the accountability I'm with you, sister. Like I connect. I will listen again. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's where it started. And I just recorded episode 87 this week. So pretty much every week, I mean, every once in a while I have to, you know, step back and um, just tell myself I've got a lot of my plate and it's okay. People will yeah. still have other things to listen to if I don't show up every week, but yeah, every Tuesday, I usually come out with a new episode. Yep. And then you do coaching and you have groups now. Yes. So I became a certified coach in October of 2021. And my, my coaching is general life coaching is kind of what I'm certified in, but I focus on women who went through IVF and weren't able to have kids. Cause I feel like that's really an untapped, um, I, I don't want to say like subset of women, but an untapped area. Cause I know how it felt when I finished my last rounds and I had that final talk with my doctor and they told me that my one frozen embryo had chromosomal abnormalities and it wouldn't be viable for implantation, but you can think about adoption. You can think about egg donors. So we thought about adoption and egg donor and decided those weren't the right decisions for us. And then there was never like a check-in. There was never like, what did you decide? Can we offer you at least a therapist to talk to? Like I had zero resources offered to me. Yeah. There's no support. Nope. Nothing after infertility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's why I decided I wanted to like step up for that group of women, because I think for so long, we like had someone hold that we had our IVF nurse, we had our monitoring appointments. Like there was always this sort of like check-in with someone and to go from that to nothing. It just felt so lonely. A very public community, a very big hope train, keep the faith. We got this. We're going to do this together to crickets until you go find the right people. You had to go search them out. Yeah. And I don't necessarily try to fault the clinics, but I think that there's just not a lot of people that do what I do to know that I exist. So I see it as like my job to let them know that there are resources. Yes. And even though there's no money to be made off these patients and no insurance to bill, you know, to help your patients any further, I think it would help the infertility community and the fertility clinics as a whole to up-level their level of support to women if they helped them after their journey was over. I agree. And I think you come from a super unique perspective, like more than the clinic does that you've been through it, you know, what support is needed too. So I think that's a really unique perspective that you offer that they probably could not. Yeah. I, um, I think also the creation of community too, knowing that you're not the only one. And so back to your initial question, Kaylee, is I, 
I started a mastermind called Thrive After Infertility. Yeah. Because I felt like I was the only one who didn't want to go to my best friend's baby shower, or I was the only one who would leave my friend's kid's first birthday party and cry in my car. Like I just, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm such an awful person. Like, you know, even I still remember when my sister, um, she had saved all her kids, baby clothes for me, just in the hopes, you know, that things would happen and we're super close. And I remember being at her house on a Sunday and she was talking about giving the clothes to her sister-in-law because our journey had ended and, you know, she didn't mean it in a, in a terrible way, but I remember just like not being able to speak because I was like, oh my gosh, like my sister's not saving those clothes for me anymore. Not because she didn't want me to be a mom, but you know, like all those things that no one talks about and you're just like, oh my God, like something is freaking wrong with me. So thrive after infertility. That's my stuff. Like, I know. And I was like, And I like my husband, I remember called my sister the next day and is like, Hey, listen, I know you didn't mean it, but just so you know, like that was really like emotional for Lana to hear. And she felt awful. And, you know, it's, it's things like that. I just wanted to know that I wasn't alone in feeling that. And so I started the thrive after infertility mastermind, and it's a small group of women that come together every week. And we just, you know, work through like what's, what's on your plate? Where are you now? And where do you want to go? It's, it's not like, I don't want to say like a support group because I think support groups are important, but it's for women that have grieved, you know, that first year or so after, I think that's really important that before you start to create this life, you love, you have to kind of understand why you don't love your life now. Yeah. I agree. I tell everyone every single time, the best thing I ever did is make friends with similar experiences because yeah. it allowed me to feel safe. It allowed me not to have to show up and justify my presence. It didn't make me fade into the curtains because I couldn't partake in the mom talk. It just let me show up, be me and have a blast. And it's so simple to be friends with people who, you know, love you and understand you. It's, it's just needed in this yeah. journey, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Finding community was definitely instrumental in my healing for sure. Like, even those people you can talk to after those situations, like after you go to a one-year-old's birthday party and you're like, this really sucks. Like (laughs) having those people who really understand how you feel is just so huge in your healing. Yeah. Yeah. It helps with those grief bombs. I can't let you go very much further without making sure we also recognize how amazing you are. Uh, our girl made national news for an event that I, I got to sneak yeah, over to you and participate with, but <laughs> let's talk about that because I don't want you to talk about others day brunch without recognizing how awesome that recognition and the turnout was this year. And then how you help people in those events too. And those hard weekends. Yeah. Thank you. It was, um, first of all, I just want to say thank you for making the trip in. Girl, I, and... I was so stoked. I know I said, Betsy, <laughs> way too many photos. <laughs> Uh huh. Well, Betsy, I know you'll be there next year. You had your um, graduation for your, was it your nephew? Yeah. Yeah. It was my nephew. So no judgment. Um, this is <laughs> just going to be the first of many. So then yeah. I thought about it. I was like, what is Chicago? A quick five and a half hour drive. Could I <laughs> <You'll> <laughs> make this happen? <laughs> so I founded the other's day in 2022 because I remember just for so many years feeling like, oh my gosh, Mother's Day is coming. I have this alive 
vibrant mother in my life that I don't even want to celebrate because I felt so defeated about not being a mom. And my birthday is May 14th. So a lot of times in this year, it did fall on Mother's Day. And I was, I remember waking up, it was April of 2022. It was, I don't know, I have these crazy epiphanies in my dreams sometimes. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do something the day before Mother's Day. And I'm going to call it the Other's Day. And I'm going to have a brunch and I'm just going to do it real bougie because I like my bouge (laughs) and I like my booze. And um, I did a mimosa bar and I had it catered and all this stuff. And we had maybe 14 women come. And I was over the moon and everyone that was there was just like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. And then I was like, okay, I got to figure out how to do this again next year. And so I just started planning. I, um, you know, just try to get the word out. I mean, I think that's the great thing about social media. I also had people who were ambassadors that were outside of Chicago that wanted to host something locally in areas that people couldn't travel. So we did a couple of those. And I had people tell me that Mother's Day just, it didn't even feel like there was a void in their life because they had had so much fun the day before and coming this year to the other's day brunch. We had people, you know, Kaylee came in. uh, We had people from Nebraska, Puerto Rico. Someone took a red eye from California Mm -hmm. We, I mean, I'm sure I'm forgetting something, Alabama. We had, yeah. I'm just amazed Every, by I the I thought you had people. people from all over. And yeah. yeah, just like, it's so cool. Like, cause you know, you have this community of people on Instagram or whatever. And like, to be able to like, put like a face. I mean, you can see yeah. people's faces all the time, but like actually like in person, like that's such a cool thing. And like, I was so excited just looking at your pictures. I was like, oh, I know her. Like, I don't physically know them, but like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I know her. Oh, I, I know her. her. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's we so even crazy. we had vendors that donated for our swag bags. Yeah. Um, and then we had like really fun stuff. And some of the people that donated are women who are infertile or have gone through um fertility journeys. So there was like a lot of meaningful things about what went into the bag. And it just I know that friendships are gonna be made that yeah. are gonna yeah. like last a lifetime. And even like you said, seeing people from social media, we had like a board where everyone that wanted to share their handle or their social media um, accounts, it was like, oh my gosh, I know that account. I know that account. Yeah. And I know two of the women are going to a Taylor Swift concert together. Yeah. There's In like- Kansas City. So I was like, y'all need a DD. Let me know. I got you. Going, <laughs> I was like, absolutely not going, but I would pick you up. <laughs> I know it's something that's going to grow. And uh, the national news heard about it. And they invited me in on Mother's Day to talk about the other's day brunch and I, it's going to be a lasting thing the Saturday before mother's day. I can guarantee you. I will tell you from firsthand experience. It was super fun. actually made a couple connections that just timing was right in my life. I needed to have some conversations and it was a good cast. It was so much fun. Your husband is such a good host. We have to give him a shout out. He was so nice. <laughs> yes. He um, was worth the wait. We got married. I was 35 and um, he was worth my, he was worth the wait and he's that. been really a huge support. So I'm super fortunate that we've yeah. gone through this journey together. I love that. I am honored to have been able to go. I will go every year if I can make it happen. I was on a 4 a.m. flight for that and no regrets. But you showed up looking damn good, girl. And you had this cute little outfit on. Like 12 hours that I did all week. I was like, I'm packing all the things for Chicago. I, I love, love it. Yeah, you can tell you're real jazzy. 
We try. <laughs> um, says the woman with the most gorgeous shoes I have ever seen that I regretted not taking a picture of because I immediately told B you had amazing heels on. And I was like, I have no photos. Of also, your feet. outfit for the others. Yeah. Brunch was She's a queen. Just... She's a Thanks. queen. I love that outfit. I have to admit, I'm like, I wanted to wear it this past weekend to something. And I was like, an outfit like that, like, you can't have show up on social media like every weekend because I like yeah, that out like yourself because I would never put an outfit like that together and I loved it so much. So one of the benefits of having a Nordstrom credit card is that you get a free stylist. Ooh, it's like nice. there's no spending like limit or anything like that. So um I work with a woman named Michelle at Nordstrom and I don't go like to her for everything but if I have like big events like that she'll like help me put an outfit together and you find the well. right colors and <laughs> all that so she went above and beyond yeah she one. slayed I got, so, I got so excited to see you and hug you and then I was like wait the outfit the shoes let me appreciate <laughs> the rest of it <laughs> yes it. I have worn those shoes pretty much every weekend since um Good. because they're they need to be worn they're too damn yeah. cute Yep, you need to post them or drop them in our DM so B can see them. But I think you should just post it and tag us. Okay, I will. That being said, uh, I appreciate you spending time with us. We have taken a lot of your time because I think I could talk to you forever. So mm. before we wrap this up, tell people how they can find you, how they can work with you. Shout out your podcast. Give them all the info. Okay, well, I um, on Instagram, you can find me at Lana.Manikowski. M-A-N-I-K-O-W-S-K-I. I will tag it in the notes. All that, yeah. <laughs> um, I have a YouTube channel, same thing, at Lana.Manikowski. My podcast, uh, obviously, you can find most places, but you have to search five words. That's the only downside. You have to search the So Now What podcast. And I named it the So Now What podcast because I felt like there were so many times in my journey uh, before, during, and after that I was kind of like, So Now What? Yep. And so... That's the podcast. And um, then, of course, Facebook, Lana Manikowski. So I will have you linked out and tagged out in our notes so you guys can easily find her. We appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you as a human. We're glad we've connected with you. One day, day maybe we'll all be able to connect in person. It must happen. It's a demand (laughs) at this point. Um, No, but thank you both. You guys, (laughs) um, you. you know, you really have been like, I guess I'd call it like mentors to me, like in the social media community, like both of you have like your own styles and your own ways of doing things. And I really admire all that you do. So thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. B, what has this been? This has definitely been the best episode yet of the Nacho Mama Pod. Bye. Bye.